I almost have no words for how ridiculous this documentary is. It's so ridiculous. I hate everyone I, except Ghostface Killer, which is kind of where I live anyway. Totally. <laughs> Hi, Julian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Bam, before we drag this guy to filth, just a couple uh, of quick things. <laughs> yeah, what's up? No, not not uh, about the things, because the, these are fun things, but uh, pharma Fun break. things, yeah, yeah. So quickly, our merch is still on sale. It's our spring merch drop. We've got new TCO Pride merch. It's got the Stonewall logo. It's amazing. we got podcast besties. We've got uh, Ted Bundy isn't hot. You can get mugs. You can get t-shirts and sweatshirts and stickers, right? Yeah, I just want to slow down. It's Ted Bundy isn't hot, because you said that right. kind of fast. I didn't want anyone to get confused. Isn't is not. He's not hot. He's not. Man. He's not hot. Also, if you're not aware, Jillian Pensavalli has a new podcast. It's every Thursday for 10 weeks in the TCO feed. It's called Let the Women Do the Work. The most recent episode was Rob. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's been an honor to work on it. And it's all, it's just showcasing badass women and the, the team of women who, who helped me make this is amazing. So please listen to it. We worked really hard on it. Yeah, it's documentary style. It is not like an interview. It's documentary no. style. With Robbie Chaudhry, you get all of the information about how she became who she is. Did you guys know that her becoming an attorney was a disappointment to her parents? And she like took the LSATs on a whim and aced them. Like, Robbie, <laughs> yeah. how? How, how, how? You'll find out how on this week's episode of Let the Women. And you'll also get all the latest updates in the Adnan Saeed case. Mm-hmm. And lastly, fam, London tickets are on sale. We're coming. What's the day we're going to London, girl? Well, the show is 22nd July. Right. So July 22nd for the Americans. <laughs> yes, for the dumb Americans. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, when is it again? It's July 22nd. July 22nd. We're coming to London. People are coming from all over Europe. It's very exciting. I know. There really are not that many tickets left. So if you want to see us in the UK, who knows when we'll be back? TrueCrimeObsessed.com. Click on the See Us Live link. You're going to like the show, fam. Yes, you're going to have a very good time, I promise you. Yeah. Okay, great. My guarantee. My guarantee. <laughs> All right, girl, what are we talking about today? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pharma Bro, which is about Martin Shkreli. Whether we like it or not, Martin Shkreli has made his way into pop culture. Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli. Price-gouging pharma bro. Doing what he does best, looking like a real slappable prick. I want to figure out how this guy became the most hated man in America. He bought the rights to a life-saving drug, then hiked the price from $13.50 to $750. That's price-gouging. Like, yo, that better make you live for a million years. I can't tell his story unless I get to know him. Bring it on. Even his name, Martin Shkreli, sounds like something Stan Lee would have made up. He knew what he was doing was not illegal because we don't have any laws in our country to stop it. Patients with HIV, pregnant women, people with cancer, to take a drug and make it inaccessible to them seems like the height of all evil. $30,000 for one med? I wonder if you would do anything differently. I probably would have raised the price higher. Whatever. That guy sucks. But Fuck wait, him. I, I just say, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is going to make people hate me. What? I don't like comic books. I don't like it. I'm not into comic books. Okay. And like in the opening seconds of this documentary, we go to a comic book store. It's St. Mark's Comics. I think it's famous. And it all of a sudden, I realized, I'm like, are they going to do this allegory thing the whole time where they're like comparing him to like an evil comic book character? Well, here's what I resent. There's okay. some expert. <laughs> oh, I resent a, every I, second of this, <laughs> except for when we're talking to Wu-Tang Clan don't. member. Ghostface Killer, who is a legend. I will 
tell yeah. you about Wu-Tang Clan a little I bit can't later. Wait. They're all from Staten Island. It doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. so they're like, sometimes like the human condition to be interested in villains and uh-huh. making it about like Batman and the Joker and Penguin, I don't care. I know. He's a bad guy. <laughs> don't make it about like yes. people who grow up loving comics. That is so different from like a real life piece of shit. Totally. Who jacked up a pill that people need by 5,000. It's not the same. And it's 90 <laughs> minutes of people trying to tell me it's the same and I'm not going to do it. Wait, I'm not doing it. You're already so mad. Where can you even? You guys, her hands are over. Her I can go home. I guess. In fairness, we did a photo shoot earlier today. We both hated oh it so I just, much. I put makeup on, so there's probably like mascara. All I put on was mascara for a photo shoot. I'm so bad at this. Oh my god. So it opens. We meet this hot beardy guy with pain Lindsay eyes. We don't get his name right away, but his name is Brent. He's Ugh. the director of this movie. Brent, what are you doing? Well, here's the thing. Brent is obsessed with this guy, Martin Screlly. Anytime something new happens. Cut it out, put it on a board, mark it, edit it, save his live stream. That's how you make this movie, I guess. What I want to figure out is how this guy became the most hated man in America. Brent is obsessed with Martin Screlly. He's the bad guy here, but he's like serial killer obsessed with him. We'll get there when we get there, but he like yeah. moves into this guy's building. He's got like the walls full of like pictures and quotes yeah. and timelines and shit. And right now, he has like clippings all over the place. Yeah. And right now, he's just telling us because he's he's filming, Brent is yes. filming himself all over New York City looking for Martin and finding him and yes. like walking up next to him at a stoplight. Yeah. And he wants to find out how Martin became the most hated man in America. And I'm like, I gotta tell you, seems real fucking obvious to me. Well, you know who knows for sure? Stephen Colbert on The Late Night Hosts. Seth Seth Meyers has the best line of this whole thing. So so Stephen Colbert tells us he's the guy who bought the rights to a life-saving drug, then immediately hiked the price from $13.50 a tablet to $750. For one pill. $750 for one pill. 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 He jacked up the price by 5,000%. Seth Meyers says Martin Shkreli doing what he does best looking like a real slappable prick. Doing what he does best, looking like a real slappable. It's the best line in the thing. It's so funny. And then somebody's, because there's no cameras allowed in the courtroom when this finally goes to court, somebody says, even the courtroom sketch artist made Screlly look like Golem on trial. Yeah. Really I'm sure does. that was Colbert because he's I a know. big Tolkien guy. I know that we're not allowed to talk about people's looks, but this guy is so fucking ugly. From within. You From know within. what I mean? And it's showing on the outside. Yes. And fuck him. It's just like not hard to take his face and turn it into a weasel. Because he <laughs> does know? it. And he loves yes. it. And I that's know. what he wants, and we're walking right into you it. You guys, that's it. what we have to talk about. Fam, Ugh. gather around. Pull over, oh, gather around. Stay inside. <laughs> I, I can't make any promises today. I don't know what's going on. But the thing is, this guy loves being evil. He yeah. loves that people think he's evil. He leans into it. He loves it. He's become like a caricature of himself. Yes. It's disgusting, and this is exactly what he wants. Martin, if you're listening, I know you are. I know, I know, I, I know. see right through you. Yeah, you are ugly. But the thing is, this guy Brent, the beardy director, he finds Martin Screlly's number online because apparently this Screlly guy just does these things where he films himself like taking phone calls. But what happens is this guy Brent, who's obsessed with him, calls him and they have the weirdest conversation because he goes, <laughs> he goes, Martin answers. Hey, Martin. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, when are you being sentenced? I'm just wondering. Oh, hey, I asked you a question. Martin turns into a gigantic fucking baby whenever anyone asks. Like, you have your phone number online, you're living online, but nobody can ask you a question. He has this invisible moral code, and only he knows the rules, and he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Well, this is so funny, because they end up yelling at each other, and basically, Martin is like, I know you. 
N no, I just I saw people calling in on your live stream, so I thought I would ask a question. Yeah. No. Don't call me. Okay. Sorry. No problem. Bye. And then Martin goes, no problem. Brent, <laughs> Brent so, what are you doing? It ends up being this like civil conversation. It's so it's weird. It's so weird. And Billy the Fridge is here to talk about you it. Guys, Billy the Fridge. I, is when his lower third came up and it said Billy the Fridge, I laughed so Steve was like, what are you? Wa I never laugh on my note taking days because it's always murder documentaries. Uh, I was laughing when I had and he's here to be a Martin Screlly apologist. Yes. And he's like, well, here's the thing. Here's what you have to understand about Martin Screlly, you fucking peasants. <laughs> he's like, you know, Martin Screlly is a dick because- When you're the smartest guy in the room, you love making it known to other people who think they're better than or smarter than you. So I can see why he was trolling a lot of the people. Okay, Fridge, you lost me at Martin <laughs> Screlly is always the smartest person in the room. He's also, Billy the Fridge is wearing a donut necklace. Did you see? Billy. <laughs> this guy is literally 500 pounds. He says he's like a 500 pound sex symbol. Yeah. We get to that Billy, later. <laughs> you're doing nothing for me. Intellectually or I any know. other way. He calls himself the Marilyn Monroe of fat guys. I know. <laughs> I uh, know. Billy. <laughs> so this guy Martin just like live streams his whole day and what makes no sense to me about this is that he's like runs this pharmaceutical company legitimately he also runs like a hedge fund yet he sits at home in his fucking pajamas and live streams his day of like taking phone calls and yelling at people yeah he's yelling at people and it's part of the whole shtick like he's yeah. super fucking rude he's like oh I can smell how poor you are through the internet <laughs> and like and so, and, and it he's made like, me oh, laugh GP it's like I, but I it makes me and f I, I can't I, I have flames on the side of my face you guys she's so mad because he's like the th he's using this as like a fucking personality trait yes. and it's like you're a di like I know you're a bad dude but then it's like who is calling him I know. like Brent why are we watching this like I know I know like and this whole thing about like oh just laughing at how fucking poor everyone is and he's rich because he's he like has this drug and he's not yes. there's no regulation on it and he's like it's a life saving thing that he's charging $750 <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you ready to get even more enraged? Because now yeah, we I want to watch you eat a bagel or like throw a piece of chicken on the floor for your fucking cat. Mm -hmm. Your apartment probably stinks. You don't have pretty litter. I know you don't. But also, this guy is like a literally fucking millionaire. He's got no art on the walls. He lives in like a, a building shitty enough that like Brent can move into basement it. Basement apartment. Yeah, totally. Which is fine, but like, yeah. don't like what? But wait, now we gotta learn his backstory, girl. We're going to Albania, and we're actually going to Albania. We're going like Brent. What was the budget for this? Brent gets on a plane, goes to a place called Skrell, Albania, and we learned that like so. Martin's last name is Skrelly, yeah. and he comes. His family comes from Skrell. Albania. Martin was born in Brooklyn, by the way. Yes, yes. But his parents were born in this, like, area of Albania. Every single building and store in this area has Skrell as the name. What I've gathered from the locals, you take the Skrelly last name with you to represent pride for the Skrelly region. The question is, what do these guys really think of their hometown hero, Martin Skrelly? think these people he's talking to all the locals and they're yeah. like we're incredibly proud of him and I'm like I, I don't think they know, know. what the, he did yes because like these guys are just like he reps our name with such dignity all the mean things are made up and I I'm know. like look I'm half Irish half Italian like no one in Sicily gives a shit that I'm on a podcast no. like I don't represent these people and neither does he I will tell you though I would for sure vacation in Pennsylvaniaville I would definitely go there if it exists hey <laughs> So 
we learned his parents were born in Albania. He was born at Coney Island Hospital. You know, his parents That's were... That's me snoring. I know. I know. I know. His parents were janitors. His mother still works. Came from nothing. You know, literally came. His parents were still janitors. I believe they're still janitors to this day. My mom still works. She won't let me support her. I keep begging her to let me um, buy her my house or whatever. And they're just like, no, 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 no. I don't know why my mom won't let me like get her nice things. And I'm like, girl, she knows it's fucking blood money. But like, we get this whole thing about, this is when like one of the professors is like, let's talk about the psychology of villains. And I'm like, no, he's just a bad guy. Moving on. But then they want to talk about like, he was born in Brooklyn on a street where people are shot and killed all the time. And I'm like, who is he, Biggie? Like, what are these people talking about? Here's the reality. He was a lower middle class white kid. He went to Hunter and he got an internship on Wall Street the day after he graduated. Like, what are we talking about here? Because Billy the Fridge is like, he started in the hood. He started in the hood and worked his way up through the ranks. I'm like, he's not Biggie. He's not Dolly Parton. He's not Oprah. He didn't or Patrick build, Hines, Or Patrick Hines, he didn't build himself up from nothing to be some person that people fucking look up to. What? No. Billy. Shut up. Billy the Fridge. Fridge, you, you lost me. You just screamed the name Billy the Fridge. Billy. <laughs> fridge. Oh, God. We're, not, we're never going to agree on the this. The Frigginator. Fridge. So here's what this guy Screlly did. He bought a drug that used to be sold for 10 bucks a pill and started selling it for $750 a pill. And we learn that this is actually kind of common. So we learned about orphan drugs. Orphan drugs are for a disease where there are fewer than 200,000 people. Years ago, decades ago, drug companies ignored these diseases. It was thought that you couldn't make money on those diseases because there's just not enough patients. So why spend the money to develop? So in 1983, Congress passed the Orphan Drug Act, which gave tax incentives to help develop rare disease drugs. And if you can charge a high price, even a small number of patients can get you a whole lot of money. And here's the deal. We never really come back to this, but they say that these big companies would get involved and charge a really high price for these drugs. And so the insurance company would pay that price. And for people who couldn't afford it, it was so lucrative that these drug companies would either give it to them for free or pay their co-pays or whatever. But they're making so much money from the insurance companies that it's worth it for them to do. Because when there aren't that many people using the drug to begin with, The insurance companies don't really care about paying all this money for it. Right. So it's easy to do that. So the companies would seek out these rare drugs, buy them, and then jack up the price from like $1 to $80. So my question is, Screlly comes in and does this with this drug. Why is he being singled out is my question. Well, that's what some people go to. And I agree, like, he's just a minor part of a very big problem. Yes. But he's, to my knowledge, has the most punchable face. Well, then this is the thing. I think what happened was he became the face of this isn't shouldn't happen. It's price gouging. So why can't anything be done to stop a guy like this? Because we don't have any laws in our country to stop it. Unfortunately, you know, the United States doesn't have set pricing or any way to really negotiate that there's got to be a fixed price. 
it shouldn't be happening. And because he's such a fucking asshole, yeah. he became the face of how evil this Everyone is. Everyone just wanted to be quietly evil, right. but he wanted to live stream it. Because even in like 2006 <laughs> right. and 2007, there are congressional hearings about yes. this and people are outraged. So by 2011, this is still happening and Martin comes along and starts retrofin and is doing exactly this with the price gouging. Yeah, and this is a drug that people who have a condition called toxoplasmosis take. Now, I know what this is because I'm like, I am obsessed with gay history and yeah. people who would get AIDS can get toxoplasmosis and it's deadly. So this drug makes it so you live. And cancer patients and pregnant women. Yes. It affects a lot of people. Affects a lot of people but still less than 200,000 apparently. Not enough. Right. So he takes it from $10 to $750 and we learn that he's able to do this because there are no laws in this country governing what drug companies can charge for medicine. Right. Isn't that insane? It's insane. And to this day, spoiler, to this day, even after all this and Screlly's famous and there are documentaries about yeah. it. There's still no legislation about it. So he does this. He becomes the face of it. He's unapologetic. He's on every show being like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm allowed to do it, so I'm going to. And then we jump to December 16th, 2015, and he's on his live stream. Now remember, this guy live streams taking phone calls all day long. Yes. He's like taking calls, calling people poor and fat and hanging up on them. One of the calls, this guy goes, Hello? Yes, hello. This is Special Agent and he hangs up on him. Yeah. So it was a special agent calling to fucking tell him that they were coming to arrest you, and they do. I wanted him to call back and be like, yes, hello, it appears we got disconnected. As I was saying, <laughs> I am special agent Hines, and I am here too. But just to also, like, he got kicked out of Retrofin, the company he started. Yeah. Then he starts another company. Like, he's just doing anything he can yeah. to jack up this price, but he gets kicked out of his own company. Never a good sign. Right. So he gets arrested, and the thing that is so important to remember, he gets arrested for nothing having anything to do with the drugs or jacking up the prices. He used to run a hedge fund and he was doing shady shit like financially. For Kelly, essentially ran his companies like a Ponzi store where he used each subsequent company to pay off defrauded investors from the prior company. He's arrested on securities fraud. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme, but the thi- I didn't know. I paid attention to the story, and I didn't know that. Yeah. I think me and everyone in the world thought that he got arrested for doing this illegal thing with drugs. No. no. The thing he's doing with the drugs are perfectly legal. They just wanted to fucking get the guy. Yeah. Can you blame him? I know. Anyway, Billy the Fridge, again, is like, everyone loves the villain. They got him on the Ponzi scheme because everyone hated him. And I'm like, yeah, but Billy, Ponzi schemes are still illegal, Fridge. Yes, yes. Like, you can't just, like, pick and choose. <laughs> You can't just steal money for a fake business, Fridge. <laughs> I love the idea that he's in your phone as Fridge. Hey, is Fridge coming to the party you know, tonight? No, he's in my phone as do not answer. Totally. <laughs> uh, but here's another thing on the live stream. A caller. So he's like been arrested oh, yeah. and he's out on bail. And a caller calls him and he's like, hey, Martin, like, why are you being investigated? And Martin starts explaining it. Yeah. But he's so fucking boring yes. that the caller loses interest. <laughs> and you can kind of tell that either the phone was put down. Yes. He's like at a party or something. <laughs> And Martin, once again, becomes a gigantic baby. Sorry, there's a lot of background noise. Do I have your full attention? Mm. Uh, Five million. Do do I have your full attention? There's a lot of noise in the background. Are you at a party or something? How dare you disrespect me like this? There's a thousand people listening to me. And you can't, you call me and you don't have the deference to at least pay attention to the conversation? What is wrong with you? When I call someone, I give them my full undivided attention. Do I have your full attention? How dare you? And I'm like, are you just quoting the social network? Where Jesse Eisenberg is like, like, you have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. And I'm like, it was insufferable then. It's insufferable now. Oh, my God. 
So it's February 21st, 2016. Brent, now remember, Brent is the one who's making the movie. He's obsessed with Martin. He's his, now Martin's neighbor. He's now Martin's neighbor because he's moved into the building. So he goes to San Diego to try to go, what's the company called? Retrofin? Retrofin is the company that Martin started and then was kicked out of. But for some reason, Brent decides he's going to go to the company headquarters and try to get more information on Martin, though Martin no longer works there. Going to San Diego and going to Martin's homeland right. screams of, I don't know what to do with this big budget. I know. We were in Albania for five minutes I know, and I know. nothing came of it. But the other thing too, Brent, who's so handsome, Brent is a total wreck. He's a nervous wreck. He gets into the building and then he can't get to the floor where the company is. And it's weirdly <laughs> quiet. Like Brent I is like whispering. There's no one at the front desk. It feels abandoned. I, he gets to the floor. There's nobody at reception. And he does not know what to do with he's his nervous energy. There. He's like talking to himself. He's reading us a company pamphlet. And finally, some lady comes out and is like, can I help you? Are you? Right, and I know. he's like, um, you know, uh, can I just? And her face is blurred out, by yes, the way. Yes, and he's like, can I talk to you? Can I? Sorry, can I talk to you about Martin Screlly? <laughs> and she's like, I'm sincerely doubt it. Really? Mm, no, I'm saying <laughs> No chances for Martin Screlly interview. <laughs> He's not welcome in the building. We'd all spit on him. Really? If anyone in this building saw Martin Screlly, he'd get spit on. He's not welcome. But yeah, come back in the morning. Talk to Cheryl and PR. Have a great day. And then Brent goes, cool. Also, I love the artwork you have here. Brent is wound up. So we kind of get the backstory on like why the story about Martin Scarley took off the way that it did. Because once again, the drug that he's now jacked the price up on affects people with HIV, pregnant women, people with cancer. They're people who are part of vulnerable populations already. So people just fucking hate the guy. So the New York Times decides to write a story about him. We meet the author of the story. He's like, yeah, I emailed him. He called me right back. Was more than happy to talk to me. He loves it. And like, he's going in front of every camera. He's smirking. He's shrugging. He's smiling. He loves being hated. And this is where we get a little bit more of like, no, it's not illegal. Yes, this is a much bigger conversation. But he didn't want to make it about that conversation. Yes. Like, what he's not doing is like, I'm doing this thing to show you that I can do it. Right. This is a problem. Yeah. I'm going to be the face of the problem and make sure that this never happens again. And then finally, when legislation is passed, I'm going to drop the price to two cents uh-huh, or whatever. Uh-huh, he's uh-huh. doing none of no. that. No, and what he is doing instead, like a lot of people are like, there are things that are done in this industry in terms of pricing that people try not to talk about. And he talked about them all. It's hard to believe that somebody could be so driven by greed. People from the pharmaceutical industry that were like distancing themselves from him as if he was the bad apple. Politicians coming after him. The whole time he was responding, he needed a PR person and somebody needed to give him some duct tape. And rather than just stop talking, he responds to everything. He's on every talk show. He's on every news program that'll have him. He's all over Twitter. And he's like bragging about how rich he is and all the poor people. And he's just trying to get a rise out of everybody. And so Billy the Fridge, God, (laughs) is back to talk about the magic of trolling. And he's like, look, Martin Screlly, he's not a bad guy. He's a good human. But that's not as fun. (laughs) Society likes the shit talking. It's all part of the show. And I'm like, I don't really care. Billy, he's a bad guy. And also, Billy the Fridge wants us to think that Martin Screlly has some magical power. No! That he's got some gift. And I'm like, no, the guy was just rich. You know what I mean? Right. Like, And he just wasn't using this attention for good at right. all. Like, he didn't do anything that I just said. I'm just like, God, like, sh- I don't know what Martin has on the fridge. Right. <laughs> that he's just so, like, he's trying to, like, turn the mirror on right. society. 
about how we just love when people fall. It's like, no, no, no. This isn't society in like 2007 when we loved watching Britney fall and we all are a fucking apology. Totally, totally. That's not what this no, is. No, But also, can you imagine, like, what is the scenario in which Martin and the fridge are hanging out? Like, is it just a Thursday well, like, night? Do they? I like, don't know. I bet they're gaming. Are they gaming? They're game. Have they met in real life I ever? They which just doesn't mean that you can't be friends. I, I know. know. I it's know. amazing. <laughs> but, like, I just don't, I don't get what we're doing, and I really don't get what happens next. Well, because what we get next, this, I'm glad to hear you say that, because we get 20 minutes of these comic book people, people in general, oh. just trying to say, There's this tendency for us to want to dichotomize the villains and the heroes, to see the villains as all bad. There is something very human in that aspect in the comic books. No, he's just, he's a it's bad guy and he same. loves it. It's not the same. They're comparing him to the to Penguin and Joker. He's not a Batman villain. No. And you saying that is leaning in. Like, he, don't don't glorify this. It's like having a favorite serial killer. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like thinking Ted Bundy is charming and hot. He's, uh-huh. fun, he's not hot. No. Stop making it to be something it's not. Just admit, like, to what end do these comic book people, like, to defend him? Like, I what know. does it matter? I know. Everybody wants him to be complicated because I think it makes the world safer and less awful. Well, when guess it's like, what? I know. It's all bad. I, know. I hate to tell you. Well, you know what makes it even worse? Fucking TMZ is here. God. All of a sudden, Martin Screlly is just like living on TMZ. We're going to watch him have a fight with Wu-Tang Clan on TMZ down the road. Well, speaking of Wu-Tang, yeah. we're here with Wu-Tang Clan. And yes. they are... Do you know what do you know about Wu Tang? Not much. I know Lin loves them. That's kind of all I got. Okay, they're legendary. People would argue that they're the best hip hop group of all time. So to be clear, it's not that I don't respect them. Sure. I just don't I didn't know. Mean, no, they're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Ghostface yeah. won't come for you. Yeah, no. I think he would like you very much. But the much. thing is, we meet this Ghostface guy, and I really liked everything he had to say. He seems very thoughtful. He seems like he doesn't like rush to judgment. I yes. feel like I can learn a lot from him. He's great. He's yeah. a great guy, and he's so he's legendary. Wu Tang's legendary, but so it's all about this album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. If I understand this correctly, Wu-Tang Clan decided to make a piece of art. I think this is cool. Mm -hmm. They decide to make an album that only one person can own and listen to. So it took six years to make. Uh Uh-huh. It's almost two hours. The entire Wu-Tang Clan is on it. So it was kind of like everyone's coming back. And you know who else is on it? Who? Who makes Barbara two- Streisand? Cher. Cher. Cher no makes way. Cher makes two appearances no on it. Very, you were so what? close with that. I was like the Indigo Girls. <laughs> like maybe I feel like Ghostface is like, oh man, Swampophilia. Don't- like he Ghostface, <laughs> you just name check Swampophilia. My work is done See? here. But I, Ghostface is cool. He's whatever. Yeah. He's a legend. Look up Wu Tang. So there's one copy of it. Yes, and it was sold at auction. And Screlly buys it, but it seems like they decided to sell it to him because according to this producer he was the only one that really respected it for the concept behind it martin screlly looked like a dude that was you know was into hip-hop and was really loving the concept and wanted to be part of the concept and uh he said that fits Every time someone calls on the live stream and asks him about the album, he, like, quizzes them on Wu-Tang, uh-huh. which is so annoying. But you know what? Fair. I kind of. I'm like, people will call and be like, oh, you, you should play that record for everybody. And Screlly will be like, well, if you're such a big fan, what was their last album? That's an easy question. The guy can't answer it. 
I'd be annoyed too. Whatever. (laughs) But so, to be fair, legal agreements stipulated that the album could not be commercially exploited for 88 years. But Uh it could be released for free or played at listening parties and it could be sort of experienced with people. But in 88 years, like my grandkid could put it out and sell it. In 88 years. Wow. But what you could, they were like encouraging, like, yeah, people should hear it. Like, Uh we got that, like, but Martin won't do that. What a piece of shit. That's what I mean. But I gotta tell you, Wu-Tang, of course this is what was gonna happen. Like, what did you, like, I'm sorry, when you create the art and then you sell it you're not in charge of what happens it's not yours anymore I know even though he's using it as a coaster I know but like of course he is but now we gotta deal with Milo Yiannopoulos well okay I wanna be very serious about this Uh I take such a major issue with this because there's no real context for who Milo is correct and he's a terrible terrible he's a racist he hates women he's xenophobic he's a bigot he's Islamophobic he considers himself an ex-gay yeah and they have him oh god I forgot the ex-gay I forgot that like he was just like gay Milo and now he's and then he's ex-gay I forgot that part right so there's no context of who he is he's just sort of like someone who's trying to shake up the system yeah and I resent that Brent because he's trying to be all like charming he's like oh darling it'll be one take yeah and he's trying to win us over and it's like no 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 you have to tell these people who this guy fucking is 100% he's dangerous his ideas are awful he tries to incite violence on the internet he's terrible but the whole point of this scene is that he's participating in like a conservative art show in New York City he's like an alt-right activist is how they credit him right and he's sitting in a bathtub smearing blood everywhere Ugh. and at, we're at the art show we're watching it in real life and at the art show Screlly has one of his pills in like as a piece of art with the price tag yeah and the whole point Screlly's like I'm happy to be here and supporting conservative movement here in New York City which is overwhelmingly liberal Uh, I think conservatives need to stick together, and thank you everyone for having me. Brent is at the art show as well. And Brent goes up to Martin on the street and introduces himself as like, I'm a guy that just moved into your building. Yeah. Brent, who's trying to make a, a documentary about this guy because he's the worst, is also charmed by him. He is maybe his biggest fan. It's true. And Brent, if you're listening, I believe that you think this guy's a fucking scumbag. But like in person, you never you never let us see it in person, You're Brent. a little giddy. Yeah. And so Brent starts telling people that he's moved into Martin Scully's building. Yes. Like his... his his interviewees. Yeah. Milo laughs in his face. Of course. But (laughs) enough of Milo. (laughs) But this is one of the many reasons I love Ghostface. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, now he just said, I don't condone violence, but I hate this prick. Right. Essentially. He's talked a ton of shit about, he's totally called him out. His Uh character, his morals, hates him, right? Yeah. But he says to Brent, he's like, he decided to live in his apartment building. It's like, that's where you want to (laughs) go. You want to go there. You know what I mean? You paid for it. Yeah, so... It is what it is. What you find out? Nothing yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, you know, that's it. He goes, what'd you find out yet? And Brent goes, nothing. And he's like, all right. So, you know, I guess that's it. He doesn't, Ghostface doesn't give a shit about anything. And I say that in the best way. What I mean is he doesn't get it, but he's not judging it. Totally. He's like, I'm here. This guy is like, all right. He wants to sit down and talk to me. I do have a phone call to make, so I simply must be going. But he's just like, all right, man. Like, you're super into this Martin guy. I'm not. But we're just, that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to go be my Ghostface self. And you're going to be Brent. And that's what it is. It's so crazy. Billy the Fridge is like, all right, girl. But I hope you know what you're getting yourself into. To. Uh, Speaking of Martin's biggest fan, it's Fridge. 100%. So the thing that Brent is doing that I think is really interesting, he can't get Scarelli to sit down with him for an interview for the documentary about Scarelli, so he just calls into the live stream and asks him all the questions But there. the questions are... Yeah. 
Some of them are, why do you do chemistry lessons? Uh-huh. What kind of guitar do you have? Uh-huh. Are you secretly a drug dealer? What's your favorite beer? What are you doing for your birthday? What was your favorite vacation? <laughs> what are you having for dinner? Do you know any martial arts? Yeah. Look, I gotta say, I think this is a good documentary, but I, I like seeing Brent honestly saying, like, he's filming himself being like, I've just been sitting here for 12 hours watching this live stream. I am bored. What am I doing? He what goes, is this? He goes, I'm exhausted watching this guy and I said Brent then stop watching I know. the X in the corner at the top of your screen <laughs> X them right totally. out you have total control over this Brent you got like five more years of hotness go out and find yourself a mate but then he does this thing where I'm like Brent no I yeah. know that he's gone well yeah. he also what he did about Milo is really I resent it yeah. but then he's like it's funny even though you watch him online like this he talks shit to people he's just kind of a piece of shit and yet I cannot help but feel sorry for him sometimes. I know he's a piece of shit, but I just feel bad for him. Uh And I'm like, oh, Brent's gone. We lost him. I know. Now the trial is starting, the trial for his, like, securities fraud or whatever. And that's in June 2017. Yeah. We meet Screlly's lawyer, a guy named Ben Barfman. (laughs) It's Braffman, but I like where your head's at. Did Did I really think his name was Barfman? No. You know what? I wrote it as Braffman, but, oh, I read it as Barfman. (laughs) Well, he's defending Screlly, so hey. Totally. And he says, Every once in a while, I come across a Martin Screlly who's unique in so many ways that the challenge is just, uh, you know, too interesting to avoid. But the camera's too, though, right? Right, Barfman? Of course the camera's Come Barfman. on, Barfman. Barfman. We're calling him Barfman from here on out. I don't think he ever comes back. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, so now we have to learn about Martin Screlly and the women. Awesome. Can't wait. I actually kind of love this section because we learn about, like, the women in his life. So we meet this one woman, Jacqueline Collier. Oh, my God. They met on Tinder, you guys. Remember the fucking Tinder swindler? Which is, she said it was a super like, what whatever that, that means. I don't know. <laughs> I I've know. never been on Tinder. <laughs> Me either. But she's here. I kind of like her. She knew who he was right away. And yeah. she thought it was a catfish. But it wasn't a catfish. <laughs> it was really Martin. So tell me, what what was this date like? Better than a lot of dates because he he picked a place, he checked if they had a vegetarian option, and he was relatively on time. And he was, quote, relatively on time. The bar is so So low for you women. It's on the floor. Lift it up, ladies. (laughs) Ladies, you're so beautiful and nice. I don't understand why we... If I was on a first date and the guy was late, I would leave. I'm all about the punctuality. Relatively on time to me says 10, 15 minutes late. I think that's too late. I think it is. For a first date, absolutely. Even though you called to make sure there was a fucking vegetarian... That's that's what you got to do for the lady to give you a good review in the documentary about you being an asshole? Well, she gets up to your decibel here. Yeah, okay, (laughs) She's like, he did, to be fair, throw his money around on the date. He orders tea that was 120 bucks. (laughs) And Jacqueline says that he says to her, I'm not much of a tea drinker, but it's good. And she goes, why did you order the tea? Why'd you order the tea? I know. know. And she gets so high. Like, why? Like, just to prove that he could spend $120 on tea. Also, where are you taking her? I know. Why is tea $120? I I don't want gold leaf in my tea. I agree. But wait, then Brent tracks down his ex-girlfriend. You got to take this one. All right, Lauren. (laughs) I don't like her. I don't like her at all. Okay, So, Lauren, I hope you're listening. Lauren is currently. You're probably a pain at the five. Lauren, bye. (laughs) Take that five bucks. Who needs it? She's in a fight with her neighbors. Uh huh. And but the fight with the neighbors is for real. So you think I don't have screenshots? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So there's this photo of a sign that says, warning, this fence is property of blah, blah, blah. We will press charges against anyone who does any damage to eat. They're fighting about a fence. Then it says, do not touch this fence. And then there's... Photos of her from like from the, the ex girlfriend on surveillance footage, flipping off the neighbors yeah. every time she walks by the fence, she flips them off. And so the neighbors print it out and put it up on the wall. I do. Why is Lauren so mad about the fence? What are you fighting about the fence? I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't her know. name is Lauren Hayden, and she's like Martin was so intelligent, <laughs> and that's super attractive. Basically, she's saying I finally found someone as smart as me. Because what she actually <laughs> says is that like there were times where I just felt like. There's no other person that I would connect with better. Because I studied math, and I was really concerned that I wouldn't find somebody who shared a lot of the same interests as me. I majored in math, and I'm really smart. You know what, Lauren? And she tells this story, and I cannot decide if it's charming or not, about, like, they get into a taxi cab, and she's like... I look over at him, and I was like, I wonder what the probability of stepping in the same cab twice is. And he goes, that's a great question. Let's sit there and figure it out. And he looks up at the top of the cab... Based off those numbers and those letters, we could assume that they repeat, and therefore there's this many taxis out in New York, assuming 60% of them are in commission and currently running, and they run this many hours of a day. And like we sat there and did the math together, and that was like the most fun that I've had in a while. And then they Google it, and she's like, we weren't that far off. Lauren <laughs> talks in generalizations yeah, a lot yeah, 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 yeah. because she says... I would like to know where Lauren was on January 6th, if I I'm being love, honest. I think I have a very yeah, good totally. idea. Yeah. Or at least what side she was rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> because what she says is, we dated for a year, on and off, mostly off. That's not dating for a year, You Lauren. went on a few dates totally. with the guy. One hundred. She went on a couple dates. Yep, 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 yep. And then she got in a fight about the. She's been in a longer relationship with her neighbors fighting on the fence than she was with Scully. And I don't know why she wants to align herself with uh -huh. him so badly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, like, I who do. cares about I the fucking math of it all? Math is great. I wish I was yes, better at it. I However, oh Lauren, you are the gift that keeps on giving, girl. Anyway, January eighth, twenty seventeen, Screlly starts harassing women. This is kind of insane. There's this one reporter who's been with us like throughout. I don't think we ever got her name, but she's kind of amazing. She's very beautiful, and she says that like they do this interview on TV. He calls her afterwards to apologize because he felt like it got personal, and she's like, "Girl, it didn't get personal. I'm just a reporter doing my job. Right. Like all good here." He obviously didn't like that, and that was it was like that week he bought the URL of my name. Universally loathed, Martin Shkreli has decided to buy domain names of specific reporters who have posted uh, critical articles on him and use those to harass them. And this is just the beginning of the shit he does. Right, exactly. So, and his whole thing is like, when they go low, I go lower. Attention, uh -huh. attention, attention. Uh -huh. But what he, what is very interesting to note here is that like, he attracts other people who are totally awful. Yeah. And they see him as their leader yep. and that it's okay to be doing this. Yeah. And so there are like, there's images of people like joining the live stream, showing off their assault rifles and their yes, weapons. It's fucking terrifying. And that's really scary. And then we learn about Lauren Duca. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about Lauren Duca. She's a Teen Vogue journalist. And I guess he like invited her to the inauguration. So she's like his target right now. Yes. And he is professing his love to her online. I know you love me. From the very beginning, it's incredibly creepy and not at all okay. Yeah. I know you love me. I know we belong together. And yeah. so he invites her. Of course he's invited to Trump's inauguration. Of course. So invites her to be the plus one and she very publicly because he's been making this very public. Yeah. His courting her which is not courting her yeah. it's harassing it's, her of course. and stalking her she replies that she would rather eat her own organs. Which is <laughs> 
totally understand. <laughs> but then she's on like TMZ talking about it. I know. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh. But he takes that insult and turns his Twitter into like a shrine yeah. of Lauren Duca. He pulled a photo of her and her husband and photoshopped his face over her husband's face. It was just littered with photos of her. It just got really nasty. And like his followers, I think, took it to the next level. And then his followers are taking it to the next level and yeah. he is encouraging that and he's saying he's going to cut himself over her. Yeah. Twitter can't keep us apart. Nothing can keep us apart. And then he says, my Twitter account was suspended because I was threatening Lauren Duca with rape, I believe. Oh my God. This is a guy that Brent wants to be neighbors with I and know. like get to the bottom of. He's telling you exactly who he is. Yeah. There's nothing to figure out here. He's not the Joker. He's not Penguin. Listen to Ghostface always. Totally. <laughs> he's trying to promote this like caricature personality trait bullshit and yeah. he's like nothing. He's vapid. There's nothing in there. No. Can we take a quick trip downtown? Sure. We gotta, because now we gotta oh, talk <laughs> We gotta talk about this like adorably kind of hot young actor with incredible hair who's here throughout and I guess he's part of some experimental theater troupe which like downtown they do like a musical based on this fucking Shrelly what's his name Shrelly Shrelly who Shrelly. cares they're doing a Barf. musical he's singing about it he plays Shrelly I know the hair the hair is perfect Martin Shrelly Martin Shrelly is the American dream God, it's like, make your art, whatever. We can't censor art. But like, did you see the rape tweets? I know. Is there, is there a musical number about the rape tweets? I know. Because, and then we get, now that we these people who are like, I don't know if they're defending him or what, but they're trying to blame his truly horrible behavior on being autistic. I know. And I'm like, this is so dangerous. Yeah. Like, stop doing this. It adds to the stigma. That's It's not one and the same. Why, why is this even a, a, a conversation? Yeah, that is fucking terrible. But then we get to the question of, is Martin Shkreli actually keeping drugs from HIV and AIDS patients? And remember, we went over this in the beginning. Drug companies would do this, right? Where they would buy the drug that people need and really like gouge the insurance companies, but make sure the people who couldn't afford it could have a small copay or yeah. they would give it to them for free. And so somebody asks one of our talking heads, who's like a doctor, says, so if your patients are actually being denied this drug, wouldn't there be a more visible presence? Wouldn't people be like out in the streets? And she's like, absolutely fucking not. They're very, they're too sick. They're sick. But because they had been getting this drug, no problem. And then one day they couldn't and they immediately got too sick to do anything. Right. Also, it would mean disclosing their HIV status, which is still majorly stigmatized in this and country. And that's also the wrong question to be asking. Totally. Why aren't these sick people mad enough about being charged this much money? Like, that that's not the real question. Well, we get a guy named Patrick Rice who is a patient on this drug who yeah. is kind enough to sit down with us. And he basically tells us, I would get this for $30 a bottle. It would last me for six weeks. I desperately need it. Without it, I get very sick and I will die. And one day he goes to fill his prescription and they're like, no, you, it, that's not going to happen. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, it's really expensive. I said, how much, how much is it? And they said, $30,000. And I said, $30,000 a year for, for one med? And I said, no, 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 $30,000 a month. No, girl, thirty grand a month. Yeah. For the thing that used to be 30 bucks, it's now 30000 fucking dollars. And Patrick says something great. He goes, I saw the hate. I, yes. Like, the hate for Martin. He yeah. said, I understood it, but I didn't have time for that because I was too sick. And then he says, I wish Martin had less time for malice. And the thing about it is that we see a picture of Patrick during this time, and he looks really fuck. He looks yeah. like an AIDS patient from the 80s. He has an infection that is not being fought exactly. in his body. And he's saying, like, the insurance company washed their hands 
demands of me. Like, I'm just one person. I'm a small minority of people. It's too expensive for them to get involved. And he said, I feel like he was like, I want to be really clear about this. There's so many levels to actually having access to healthcare in America. I had the gold plan. It didn't matter. They just denied it. They said it's way too expensive for us to get involved. The insurance company said that? Because yeah. they, they, don't, they don't want to spend 30 grand a month on me. I don't think it was a quirk of the system. I was able to fall through the cracks that way. I think it was, it's, it's built in. I did not fall through the cracks. The system is set up for people like me to die because there's not enough of us and nobody cares about us. And insurance does not equal health care. Right. And that is something that I think people get confused about. Totally. Well, he has insurance. Like, no, no, no. It doesn't mean he's going to get the care he needs. No, and this guy Patrick is like so amazing because Martin Scully's whole thing is like, no, anybody who needs it's going to get it. I'm just charging this to the insurance companies. And he's like, I'm living proof that that's not fucking true. And so he sees Screlly doing like an AMA on Reddit. And he like asks Screlly a question. He's like, what about people who can't afford the drug? And he's like, nope, everybody gets it. If you can't afford it, I give it to you for free. He's like, why don't you uh, reach out to me? We'll get it sorted out. I emailed him, and sure enough, he connects me with an account specialist. They said they were gonna get me squared away. 10-day supplies, they didn't bill me. Screlly's like, email me at like biggestdickhead at AOL.com. Right, right. Yeah. And Patrick does, and Screlly, to his credit, gets it to him for free. But if there is one Patrick, that means there's like a hundred Patricks. Right. I mean, that means that Patrick was in the, Pat, the other Patrick. Yeah. Was in the right place at the right time, and he caught Martin on a good day. But right. this is like, totally. This is proof. Yeah. And also, like, who is this guy? Is he going to send sh- screenshots to yeah. the press or whatever? Like, yeah. he's doing it to save his ass. And this, like, actually shows that the system isn't working. Exactly. Patrick should Because if one have... person has got dies, that's too many. Right. Right. And the timeline, like, he just so happened to be on Reddit. He just so happened to get right. Martin on a good... Yeah. All these things had to totally. line up. He should just have the fucking medicine. Exactly. It's that simple. So June 26, 2017, the trial starts. There's no cameras in the courtroom. And this is where they're like, this is why sketch artists still have jobs. Right. And we see all these truly horrible sketches of this Screlly guy. And also, jury selection. It's impossible to find someone who doesn't already want to kill this guy. People are like, jury selection went on for days. It was longer than the fucking Cosby jury selection. Yeah. Everybody hates this guy. The John Oliver bit is the best. What is it? It's people reacting to, oh, even yeah. if they didn't, nope, nope, nope. I'm aware of the defendant, and I hate him. No, 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 no. When I walked in here today, I looked at him, and in my head, that's a snake, not knowing who he was. I just walked in and looked right at him, and that's a snake. You'd have to convince me he was innocent rather than guilty. He disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan. And then juror number 59, he disrespected Wu-Tang. Guilty. (laughs) Throw away the key. And the judge is reminding these people over and over and over again, remember, we're not talking about the drugs. He's here for the money shit. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, no. everyone just fucking hates this and guy. And sa- he's on a live stream and he says, if I'm acquitted, I get to fuck Lauren Duca. I know. And I'm like, okay, so we don't have price gouging laws. We definitely need that. But we also don't have laws to protect Lauren Duca from what he's saying and doing. Yeah. Getting suspended from Twitter, great. Yeah. But Lauren still is still walking around with his followers and his fans yep. thinking yep. that this is okay and encouraging this behavior and showing their assault rifles on the live stream. Yeah, and you're really not going to like the next part because it's the night before the trial and Brent, our director, is upstairs. He's watching the live stream and he's like, I'm going to bring him beer. He goes downstairs, knocks on the door. We see Screlly from the live stream be like, who the fuck could that be? Yes, we see it. It's crazy. It's It's really, Brent, good filmmaking. So Brent, like, he opens the door. Brent's like, I saw your trial stuff and I came to bring you some beers, actually. It's really nice of you. Yeah. You're the best. Alright, you know I have to be careful with yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Want a beer? Sure, dude. Yeah. Love one. He 
invites him in to come have a beer with him. Share a six-pack. And then we see Brent on the live stream. It's crazy. Brent, you like him. You yes. want to be his friend. You yes. want him to like you too. Yeah. It's just, just be honest with me. Yeah. And when you have Milo, whatever, uh, in a documentary, tell people who he is. Right. <laughs> Don't do that. That is so manipulative and yeah. super dangerous. I agree. 100%. God. So August 4th, 2017, we get the verdict. He's guilty on three counts. He goes in for sentencing thinking he's going to get to go home that day and then like turn himself in at a later right. time. They fucking put handcuffs on him right there. They say it's very unusual and they throw him in the general population of With the prison. With murders and gang members. <laughs> Cut to Ghostface. I bet you he's not in there screaming anything about Wu-Tang in there like that. Probably in there shivering and under his fucking covers, not even coming out of his fucking bunk. <laughs> I bet he's keeping his fucking mouth yep. shut about Wu-Tang in prison. Oh my God. But then, this is so crazy. This one journalist who's been with us the whole time. Christy Smythe. Yeah, she says like she was one of the earliest reporters to report on him. I've had kind of a, a unique relationship with him. It hasn't been like he is with the other journalists. Um, he, he trusts me. He takes what I say seriously. He's open with me in a way that he is not with most people. Well-respected journalist covering the case of farmer bro Martin Screlly puts her life on the line for love. I visited Martin in prison. And I just simply told him that I loved him. It's not like the other journalists with me. He trusts me. He, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. She's like, I love him. I want to have kids with him. That is my dream. Yeah. And I'm like, well, too bad because he dumped you when he was in prison. He did? Yes, he dumped her. He did? Yes. Yeah, we didn't get that part in the documentary. <laughs> Side Google. So March 9th, 2018, Martin is sentenced to seven years in prison with mental health counseling during the probationary period to follow. He had to forfeit approximately $7.4 million in assets, including the Wu-Tang album. What are we so the Department of Justice took it. Uh, really? <laughs> and sold it to a non-fungible token collector's pleaser DAO for $4 million to cover Shkreli's debts. What? And then this whatever pleaser DAO, I don't know what that is. This, uh -huh. I'm reading from Wikipedia right now, said that they hope to make it more widely accessible. Put it online. Don't. Do it. It's not hard. <laughs> oh, my God. And they say Darifim, that pill, is still $750 a pill. And there remains no national pharmaceutical price gouging or drug price transfer transparency law in the United States. And that's it. It's all bad, girl. It's all bad. Da -da 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 -da. God. <laughs> Oh my God, we did Farmer Bro. This one was bananas. Bananas. Bana I mean, I just, I, my throat hurts. I know, me too. Fam, don't forget, every Thursday you're getting a brand new episode <gasps> of Jillian's new podcast, Let the Women Do the Work. Oh, I hope you're loving it. I loved making it. I loved working with you on it. I loved working with our team, Natalie and Becca and Jen on it. I just, I'm very, I'm very lovey about it. Uh, go get it if you haven't listened to it already. Come see us at Obsessed Fest, That's September right. 30th to October 2nd. We're doing a live show there. So many guests. You know so who's coming. Things. ObsessedFest.com. Join us on the Patreon. Yes, please. Please do. That's where we give you ad-free versions of these episodes and yeah. ad-free versions of the long-form stuff. You're making a murderers, your jinxes. Yes. Your heaven's gates. Yes. The I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah. The vows. Yeah. With the puppet master. What are we doing right now? Oh, Ani, the honeymoon the murder. Honeymoon murder. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. I know. So many things. TrueCrimeObsessed.com. Click on the Patreon link. Yeah. What are we doing next, girl? We are doing Vanished in New Canaan and ID Murder Mystery. What is that? It's about a vanishing that happened in New Canaan, <laughs> okay, and it's great. on the ID network. <laughs> We love you guys. We love you. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. It's an ongoing mystery that has gripped the nation. Police in Connecticut are investigating the disappearance of a mother of five children. Jennifer is the focus of this story. Whatever happened to Jennifer happened inside that house. 
In this special, we join authorities scrambling to find Jennifer Farber-Dulos. This is incredible police work. Over 400 pages of affidavits and search warrants. The trail of evidence reveals dark secrets. There were problems lurking underneath. He wanted her to stay with him, whether he had one affair, 80 affairs. Before the case is solved, a stunning twist. I'm watching the news, and they're performing CPR in his driveway. The victim here is Jennifer, who is still missing. He's also on his live stream being like, look, looks like we peaked at 300 viewers. That's not a lot. And you know what that means? That means at one time there were 300 people there. It's not like you had 300 people all day while you're throwing fried chicken at your cat. I was actually worried for the safety of that cat at one point. Oh, my God. He, I know. I, the thing is, he probably loves the fucking cat. He uh, probably yeah, loves totally. the cat. <laughs> because all cat people are psychopaths. You heard it here. Pensavali said it oh straight God. from her mouth. You guys, that's how she thinks about I cat people. I just meant that sometimes they're nice to the pets. <laughs> oh, God. I uh. heard you say 